I'm locked in, I'm buried with the loaded bases. Look at their faces, I got them switching places. Slower than the matrix, shots you taking, I anticipate it. Yeah, I know you hate it, but facts you gotta face it. Max contract, no trade clause. Ask my agent, fly it in the angel boy. Running things just like McCoy. Many imitate, but they ain't ballin' like your boy. Many say they working hard, but they ain't working like your boy. Strong, big body, attitude like I'm on the road. Championship, champagne shower. Look at the time, it's rational hours. Championships and champagne showers. Look at the time, it's rational hours. Welcome to the Rational Hour, Ryan. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the NBA, our NBA coverage show. NBA is at the halfway point, all-star break. On today's show, we got former Boston College Eagle All-American, the 36th pick in the 06 draft, current L.A. Clipper ambassador, Arthur Children's Books, my guy, Mr. Craig Smith. How you doing, Rhino? I'm good, man. How about yourself, man? Maintaining one day at a time. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the roster hour. Um, Rhino, I know you was on the show in uh, late October. It was the start of the high school basketball season. Uh, just fill our audience in on how things ended for you at Crossroads High in Santa Monica. How did the season go for you guys over um, at CIF with the Roadrunners? Uh, well, with Crossroads, it was a really uh, solid season. Uh, uh, season where we got up to 20 wins in the season, which is a uh, very few just throughout the years of Crossroads basketball. Um, so that was a joy. League was pretty tough, but uh, we ended finishing up on the strong note and going into the playoffs. Um, we went on the road to play Rancho Christian, uh, where we beat them um, in, a, in a very crucial game. Uh, and then we went to Damien, where we ended up losing. Uh, in the second round. So we are out of the CIF playoffs as of last week. Um, but this team really rallied um, in the end and, and, and showed a lot of really good signs of, um, you know, fighting to adversity and uh, just just really keeping composure and fighting to the end. Um, just really proud of the guys and the way they played and um, carried themselves through the course of the season. Yeah, no doubt. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. Damien has a hell of a program. I, I believe they have like three or four guys at SC, and their program has really been thriving over the last, like, ten years, really. Yeah, definitely. A really good program and uh, some really nice players, and uh, they played really well. Yeah, my boy Chris, uh, he was he's on one of those basketball circuit parents, man, my boy. His son is over at Bishop Mont. Shout out to my, my boy Chris. Uh, keep me in tune with the, the latest happenings in CIF and everything going on in the landscape of hoops. Rhino, one thing I found out, though, I wanted to talk to you about, and you can let our audience know, in your career, I know you, you know, played in the NBA, but did you have somewhat of an acting career? I know you you posted on some, some social medias that you, you made some of cameo appearances like Entourage and shows and whatnot like that. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, a little bit I've been, um, well, I guess that's how it started, um, just doing stuff on TV, and I really like the show Entourage, shout out to Doug, uh, Doug Allen, the, um, director, um, uh, gave me the opportunity, filled me in the spot, 
And and from there, I was always inquiring because, I mean, I did dibble and dabble as a little kid, but um, not as much as I felt like when I became a basketball player that these opportunities really presented itself. And, I mean, even now, like, there's just certain things I do or, you know, people call me and ask to do certain things for filming or if they want to try to get me in a commercial or different things like that. And then I was I passed the torch on to my son, um, giving him that opportunity at an even younger uh, age than I was to pursue that type of career. But, um, yeah, just little cameos here and there. Um, but the biggest one was uh, Entourage, for sure, for sure. Now, let's shift gears to the NBA, you know, our NBA cover show. It's going to start out, man, January 24th, the Milwaukee Bucks fire Adrian Griffin. He was head coach for 43 games, had a 30 and 13 record, second best record in the league at the time. They go on to hire Doc Rivers, who's who right now is three and seven as head coach into 10 games. Do you think it was the right move, Rhino, for them to let go Coach Griffin and bring in Doc Rivers? Man, like I, I, I felt like I've been through a similar situation before, like in my rookie year. So in my rookie year, we had Dwayne Casey. And Dwayne Casey was coaching us, and, you know, we were pretty much in a playoff seat um, going into all-star break, and they ended up firing him, and um, Randy Whitman had became our coach. And, you know, the rest of the season was pretty much, like, done after that. I would say when you do have coaching shifts like that, it changes different philosophies and things like that. Sometimes it's kind of tough to find that adjustment, like, very quick. Um, But – Oh, and Doc Rivers, hopefully he can turn this thing around. Obviously, you need more practice time and, and people to understand your schemes and what you really want on the court. And uh, that just takes a little bit of time. And to rush him to do it like that, um, you know, there was just something that possibly happened maybe behind the scenes that they didn't like or whatever they felt the energy was that, you know, the players weren't responding to um, the coach. Um, so they have to make a decision now, you know, it'll backfire on them if, you know, they keep going down um, this this kind of train because they'll probably have to make a ultimate quick decision fast because, you know, fans, fans will be in an uproar. So I do think uh, it's a difficult decision to make. It's very tough, but at the same time, uh, we still can give it a little bit of time. There's still a lot of the season left. And uh, hopefully they can turn it around. Uh, but if they don't, um, they're going to have to answer uh, to a lot of, uh, like, talk uh, towards them. Yeah, that's going to be a bad luck on GM, uh, John Hurst, Hurst the GM over there. Uh, yeah. That was the bold move of them having such a, a great record, man, and to do it at that point, that's a real risk. And Doc has kind of, you know, got us – get his act together, too, because he's kind of had some really bad um, playoff losses the last couple of years since he's left Boston. So he's inheriting another great team. I know last year he had Harden and Bede and Maxie and Philly, and they lost, you know, the game seven in Boston. But uh, this is another great team inheriting. He had those, those great teams with the Clippers as well. So do you think Doc can? Is he the man for the job in Milwaukee, you think? Well, I think one, only time to tell, but two, due to the track record of these recent years, um, except for obviously, you know, his Boston um, tenure, um, 
you know, he's been in situations where they've ultimately, like, just lost and and not been the team that was, you know, what the goal was to come out and win a championship. So um, he has put himself in difficult positions where, you know, he's had big leads. He's been in situations where um, he's one game away uh, from the finals again and, you know, gets in a situation where they end up losing the game. So um, he has to do something. Um, within itself, within this team, because it's a really good team, and it's, I think it's like a championship or bust team. So um, we just got to sit back and enjoy the ride for this one to see if there's going to be some type of change. But obviously, there's a lot. There has been a lot of repeating um, in that regard when it comes to the playoffs and Doc Rivers. Yeah, yeah. I will tell. We still stay tuned in Milwaukee. Um, the NBA trend out trade deadline has passed and gone. Now it's the hot season for the buyout market. A lot of veterans um, linking up with teams. Kyle Lowry with the Sixers, Dinwiddie with the Lakers, Thaddeus Young with Phoenix. Um, Bucks also pick up Danilo Gallinari. Marcus Morris is uh, still on the market. Joe Harris, uh, former top 10 pick in a 2020 draft. Helene Hayes is out there as well. I think he can um, maybe spark a team with a, with a fresh start for his young career. Greg, who do you think um, would be the biggest impact as far as buyout uh, free agents that are signing with teams? Oh, man. Um, well, Dan sure looked good right away with the Lakers. Dan Woody is definitely going to be helpful um, to to the Lakers, that's right. They have some injuries there, especially at the guard. Um, the 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 young Miami guard hasn't really um, played, so him coming in, uh, being an all-star caliber guard, um, and being from L.A., that's going to um, help uh, boost them definitely. Um, I think also the, that trade that happened a little bit before the break with New York uh, with Bert oh, absolutely. and, and um, Barjanovic, is that how you pronounce yeah. it? I don't want to mispronounce it. Um I think that's going to be a plus um, with them, and then like that Siakam one is a is is a big one as well, um, and and I'm trying to see as far as the jump with Phoenix too. That is only being able to play that type of four. Think about that: the KD at the five, that is young at the four. Um, we got a three, your Ogi. And uh put Beal at the two and Booker at the one. Yeah, that's one thing with Phoenix right now is they they need that bench help. That's what they're really their Achilles heel is their bench. They don't have a lot of depth. Young is a scrappy veteran who can definitely help get there and bang down low and get them those rebounds that they need because they don't really have a lot of uh, guys that can really go off the glass. No, but uh, I mean, given Bo Bo coming back, having that opportunity, I think it'd be good. Um, I don't know if Eric Gordon has been injured, um, but they could sure use him a little bit more too. And then, um, I think that's the one. Doc that they didn't with, uh, what about Doc and Danilo? You know, Danilo has a history with Doc. You think he can help the Bucks coming off the bench? He can. Um, I think it's just more about being healthy for him. As long as he's healthy, um, he's definitely an asset on the floor. So yeah. I, I definitely think that as long as he's healthy, because he can be big for Giannis. Um, 
even if they wanted to play small ball because Giannis can play the five, he can play the four. One guy that I'm interested, he's really had just a non-typical year, but Kyle Lowry, you know, got let go by the Heat, and uh, she got traded to Charlotte, actually, and then they bought him out now. He's signing with Philly, going back to Philly, went to Villanova. Um, how do you think he'll do in, in the city of brother love? I think he'll do good. He's returning home. He's played high school and college there. Um, he's with his coach, who he won an uh, NBA championship with, um, and he gets to play with one of the best centers who's ever played this game, and Joel Embiid. Um, so I think there'll be some rejuvenation, some home cooking, and uh, and some a bit of health and reassurance um, to go out and play uh, for his city. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see a couple other guys. I think Joe Harris is a good sharpshooter. I think it help a team that needs some shooters. Marcus Morris, um, he's a bit of a wild card. He can be good. He can't be bad. Man. He's either a little bit of liability defensively, but he is a – Another veteran guy that might be able to help a team uh, add it to the, the, the depth. Yeah. I mean, two solid guys have proven themselves, so um, definitely uh, will be helpful uh, to any uh, type of veteran team looking to uh, get better um, for the playoffs in the second half of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, interested to know your thoughts, man. Bronny James. He's a freshman over at USC, averaging six points, three rebounds, two assists, and just about 20 minutes. A lot of talk lately of Bronny actually might considering going pro. Um, do you think it's the right move for him to come out right now, or do you think he should stay in college and develop his game? Um, when the hype is at its highest, that's when he should go. Um, and there's always the hype around him, so it's like how – how else would you kind of get better, especially after um, the next year being that, you know, this team's going to be really, like, focusing in on you and different things like that. And you're making strides. Like, you know, came out through a, a diff- difficult medical situation. Um, and they come out, he showed, flat, like, good flashes and sparks. And, I mean, that per his per 40 um, is, is looking pretty solid when you look at it overall. Uh, as a guard, and then it goes. Uh, just being honest, when you look, you're LeBron's son too. Like, I mean, it's a high peak, and I don't understand. Like, I don't think he should stay. Um, I think he has the right uh, tools already for to be an NBA player. Now, um, it's just all about going out and then proving um, your status and where you belong. Um, and, and that's for him to do. Now, it's unfortunate because if that is a player, that there's different things that's going to be at hand on, on moves because they might want to get LeBron James too, right? Um, so um, some guys um, might get put in different positions um, just being on how it's played. But I definitely think he should, he should come out. Yeah. A lot of talk with that now. Whispers of the Lakers actually being interested in Bronny. Uh, Austin Rivers was just recently on NBA Today, and he said he doesn't think it's a, to stay in college. Um, he don't think it's a good idea to play with his dad. You know, he compared his situation to you know Austin playing with Doc. You know, saying he, you know he thought it was a bad fit. He wished it never would have happened. Uh, do you think Austin was on some sort of the thing there, or you think it was just basically? Uh, that's a non-issue. You think it is?
Um, they're obviously going to be pressure, but I think when, you know, that's his son, I'm sure he prepared him for it. And then, like, him, like, Doc's, I mean, Austin's situation is a little bit different. Um, his dad was the coach at the time. Um, so there's, like, a different feel. And then, you know, some guys just felt like, like, guess league players, like, they were better in, in regard. Um, so that is that situation versus, um, being the son of a player. And then it just goes, I don't know, in my mind, I'm presently thinking, what if some, did somebody tell King Griffey that before he got into the major leagues? I don't know, to play with his dad. Point, like, point. Yeah. Like, to how he would think about that, like, that boosted. And we got King Griffey Jr., uh, a staple that did, that changed the game, put the hat backwards. So it's just like, Bronny can give something um, to this game and, and change this game. It's just, you know, um, the nature of things. And we see this all the time in business. <laughs> hey, your dad owned the company, and you're like, why wouldn't your son be a part of that, you know? Like, Good this point. has been done, been seen for years of people in the business field. So I'm excited to see that it's finally coming to fruition, like, in our game, because it gets – uh, to be a not a ultimate control narrative, but like, hey, it lets me know, like, hey, I got a son, so my son can have an opportunity to be drafted because one, I was a former player, and two, they're always going to be looking at former player kids. Like, Steph has did something that really, really changed the aspect in that, and then you see more of it, especially of late, you know. Um, so, and it's because of growing up around the game, being around the game, like. You know the business. You know how it works. You know how to be there on time. You know how you need to understand these offenses and different things like that. You know you can't be messing up on plays as much or you're outed. Like these things that, like, Bronny knows a lot of other kids don't know. And Bronny has that advantage. So his IQ is at a top level because of that. And a lot of people just don't see that and think, oh, you're just LeBron's son. But it's more into it. And uh, I'm excited to see what the young fella brings. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's nothing but a plus. It's a good thing. And, and as you mentioned, it's a business. SC's making tons of money off of Ronnie being at SC this year, even though the team's not really achieving that much. They're, they're selling out every game. And uh, right. I think it would be a great thing for the NBA to have a father-son duo. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened that I can recall. Uh, you know, like you mentioned with MLB with Griffey Senior and Junior, that's that's just an epic thing to have. You know, um, I, I never have seen it. It'll be great to see. I think it would be a good thing for the game of basketball and just for LeBron to lay that foundation, like you said, for his son. Is that's what every father's dream is, man. Just to, just to lay that groundwork for your son to be successful. I wish nothing but the best for Bronny and Bryce. I think they both will be in the league in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Now, right now, let's just uh, I'm just gonna go over my top five teams as as our previous show um, top five right now at the All Star break at the halfway point in the season in the East. Um, things have really changed. Uh, it's kind of getting with the injuries and movement and and the rosters. I got Boston at one, Cleveland at two. I really love New York. And everything they're doing, Jalen Brunson's playing incredible. The moves that they made that you mentioned before with um, Vondanovich and getting Burke, uh, picking up OG, 
their their additions have really been a plus. Once they get Julius Randle back and possibly uh, Mitchell uh, with Hartenstein and and the guys that they have already, I think that's just a plus for uh, Tibbs to get those guys going. So I got Boston, Cleveland, New York. I have Milwaukee at four. They're kind of, as we mentioned, winding down a little bit, not playing as great as they were to start the season. I still have them at four. I think they'll figure it out. I got Philly at five. They got to get some things going. They've had some injuries with Embiid, and uh, that's uh, my teams in the East. In the West, I have Minnesota. They're just the, the top dogs right now. Anthony Edwards just playing incredible. Clippers, I have it too. Denver three, OKC four, and at five it was kind of hard for me, but I end up going with New Orleans. I got New Orleans right there, just edging out Phoenix and Dallas. Okay, it's not a bad list. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, in the Eastern Conference with Boston at one, uh, definitely Cleveland at two. Um, they they had like a nine game winning streak. Um, they had a couple fumbles, but uh, they've been playing some really good basketball. Uh, New York at three. Um, yeah, there was, you know, some injuries, but I, I'm sure Julius Randle will be back and the team will be full-fledged and Jalen Brunson having an incredible year. Then I go to Indiana because Indiana smacked Milwaukee, and Milwaukee has not been playing its best basketball. They're at three and seven. Uh and I see uh, the Siaka move, I'm putting him in, in a higher position, uh, definitely, because those games that they, uh, I think they, they swept them, um, those going to come back. Five and on. Yeah, five and against them. Milwaukee. That's crazy, but yeah, they beat him in the And it's, the game. you know, leagues about matchups, so it's it's just like that. And then uh, at um, at five, um, Milwaukee. I got them a little bit over Philly just because of Joel and Bead. Um, but they are having a little bit of a slump that you hope they will pick it up um, in the second half. So. And then in the Western Conference, I do have Minnesota as number one. Um, Anthony Edwards um, playing really well. But, I mean, the emergence of Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Rudy Gobert down there, um, that's a tough matchup. I just want to see how that goes if they end up playing Denver, because um, I think Denver, even though they're tired right now, going through a little bit of a slump, um, they got what it takes to uh, beat out Minnesota. So right now, Minnesota is large and in charge. And then, too, of course, I got my L.A. Clippers. Kawhi um, is MVP caliber. Um, and you got a great cast with Paul George, um, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, um, we got Powell off the bench. Um, you got Plumlee uh, and uh, Theot um, really um, producing and helping out. Um, you also have um, Coffee, um, who's been a very big surprise, especially when it comes to his shooting. And I mean, Terrence Mann is interchangeable, uh, can guard almost one through five. Uh, so those guys are playing really well. Uh, my number three. I'm going to go with OKC. Um, they're a young group, but Shai Gill um, is one of the better players in the league. Definitely a top three player, in my opinion. And uh, those young guys are balling. Now, it's going to be tough to see what happens to go playoff time due to experience. 
Um, that's why I feel like the addition of Gordon Hayward um, is going to boost things because Gordon um, has a lot of uh, really good playoff experience, and he's going to complement Shy very, very well. Um, so I think that's going to work. And after that, I got Denver. Um, they are the champs. Um, or they can beat you on any night um, if they aren't as tired uh, due to, you know, just playing the championship and having one uh, crazy uh, league schedule. Um, but they got the Joker, right, and they got Murray. And when it comes down to that two-man pick and roll, um, that's going to be a tough situation uh, for anybody. So we'll see how it goes. And health is a big factor for those guys, uh, especially if they're going to repeat. And then for my number five spot, I have the Phoenix Suns. It's KD, uh, it's Booker, it's Bill. Maybe playing some some good ball. Obviously, they they had a tough um, tough loss to Golden State, but they bounced right back um, with two wins to close out the the All Star break. And uh, I'm just looking for them to gel a little bit more. Like you say, you got help from guys um, like Thaddeus Young. Um, hopefully, Eric Gordon. Um, We'll be out there a little bit more. I think he was injured, if I'm not sure. Um, so having those guys, um, Nurkic has been a beast. Uh, he's been putting up big, big numbers. So um, you got a team that's that's pretty much trying to put it together with uh, fake Frank Vogel's defensive mindset. So uh, they're going to be looking to you know make some adjustments and and increase uh, um increase their win numbers, you know, especially when it comes to playoff time for season. Now one team, Rhino, uh, the Lakers, how dangerous can they be uh, with, you know, the, with Anthony Davis and, of course, Bron picking up Dinwiddie. Um, Russell has been playing incredible, man. He's really been stepping up his game, D'Angelo. And uh, the, the team, you know, last year made the West Conference Finals. Do you think they can get it together and make a run in the playoffs? I mean, absolutely. I mean, that like before the season, right? When we were talking about like, hey, the Lakers and who they got and these adjustments, and you know, they're they're really going to be battling. And then you know, they come out and you know, it's about five hundred even, but they come out and they win the tournament. So there's even more outs, but then they run into you know injuries and you know didn't really make moves, but got Dinwiddie. Um, I I think they can turn this ship around, and sometimes it's not bad. Since they already know, like, hey, if we can put ourselves in certain positions where, you know, we do have a play-in game or we come in and play in, we can kind of sneak and maybe go how we did last year of going to the playoffs. You know, that's always a mindset, too, versus um, just worrying about, like, setting up and being, like, a top three team. If you're not in that regard, you kind of got to play your way to have an understanding of what's the best matchup for you, right, who the teams are we're more successful against. And in those regards, that's what you try to match up in the playoffs. So there's a lot of opportunity at the halfway point. Um, yeah. yeah. I, the, I think uh, the Lakers, the Lakers got a good team, man. They just mentally, it's something like the game, AD and Braun both are out and they go and beat Boston. They look incredible against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. They can beat yeah. any team. They can lose any team. It's crazy with the Lakers, but there's a lot of chatter with Darvin Ham and the locker room and whatnot. But, the team has so much potential. Get Diddy was a perfect plus for them, man. They needed a veteran guard. Even though I think D'Angelo is incredible, but they actually played together in Brooklyn. I think they have good chemistry already. So Lakers, I think, have a really good shot of making a run. 
they'll get it together as the season progresses towards the, uh, the end of April. Um, Dallas, though, Rhino, Kyrie and, and Doncic, Luca are so so talented, bro. It's crazy. But I don't know if it. I just never liked the trade in itself. Those two, I think, kind of both have to have the ball. But with Dallas. Do you think they ever will get it right, or is this one of those things that it's going to be a high-scoring team that doesn't play defense? Well, I think they're trying to, and they're, and they're trying to make some adjustments. So that's why they made those uh, trades um, yeah. for the big and for yeah, Washington. Kinda, for that, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so people that can complement them defensively on the back end, right, because there's there are a lot of scoring guards. I wouldn't necessarily call them lockdown defenders. So in that regard, Need help on that backside to help support the cause of of your guards. So, for me, they're trying to see. I think um, for them, this is mostly coming down to help. They got to make sure they have both of those guys um, coming down to the wire, and then uh, putting big wins together. Um, you got to start beating some big teams, and uh, and go from there. If not, you got to reassess who you want to put in that system uh, with Kyrie and Luca. Yeah, the J Kid got to get him right. I think he she's gonna try, man. This that's a hell of a backcourt, man, with Kyrie and Luca, man. That's incredible. But it's crazy because it seems like one works better when the other one's hurt. It's just I don't know. Yes, no. That's because one knows one got to go. They got to go off. <laughs> yeah. Simple as that. And then yeah, you know it's like down. a deep wave LeBron situation, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to step on your toes until you got to figure out. You know what? It's you that got to be the man. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's a trip, man. That's that um that's all about it, Rhino man. I thank you just for taking the time and just coming and chopping up with me about the halfway point of the NBA season and let the audience know about, you know, what's going on with you and the roadrunners over at Crossroads and everything going on with your career from the past. Um just uh let our audience know where they can support and follow any of your work. Um, Black Rhino 83 on Instagram, uh, Craig Smith LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Black Rhino 83 on TikTok, um, BlackRhino83.com coming out soon. Uh, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. Uh, so that's where you can catch me, uh, pretty much mostly. Okay, Rhino. You got any shout outs you want to give anybody at the? Hey man, shout out to the Road Runners. Uh, shout out to my clips. Um, Shout out to uh, just the youth, too. Um, just keep uh, going after your dreams and, and uh, keep pursuing your passions because um, it does make a difference um, if you pursue it at an earlier age. Craig Smith, ladies and gentlemen, Rational Hour, out.